What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the First Defense audio installment. Fresh off the Coke 600 was definitely worth the wait in the rain delay. And I didn't know if it was going to be as good as last year, the 2022 600, but I think it was arguably better. We had less wrecks, which is honestly a good thing in my opinion, but we also had some drama with Hamlin and Elliot, and then we had a little fight in in the rain delay when El Marola pushed Bubba for flipping him off. So just as I expected, we had one of the best races of the year, maybe the best race of the year, and Blaney finally breaks his win this streak. He did it at a hell of a race to do it, a crown jewel Coke 600, probably one of the hardest races to break a winless streak like that. But with how fast Blaney's been, he could be really a contender, honestly, for the championship this year if Ford can find a little something. But anyways, we'll talk about all that later and more. I want to go over the standings and finishing positions, the usual stuff. So the way the point standings are playing out right now, we're looking at one of the tightest battles for the championship we've seen in a while. Last year, it was pretty similar going into Gateway. I remember Elliot Chastain and Kyle Busch were all running very well. Elliot had a little bit of a lead from first, but this year is very different because last year there was a pretty big gap of about 100 points from first to, I don't know, 10th. And this year you got Joey Logano is in 14th and he's only 89 points back. And I'm not saying Logano can go up there and contend for the regular season championship, especially with how he's been running. But I mean, Kyle Busch 54 points back in 8th. Larson 69 points I mean if Larson didn't have the bad luck he's been having he could be in first and if he goes on a really good streak I think it's possible to get those points back Keselowski 52 Hamlin 46 Reddick Bell Reddick's 37 Bell's only 17 points off and he's in six Truex is 13 points off and then you got Harvick eight points off Byron four points off Blaney a point off in Chastain leading. So this could literally be anybody's regular season title. I would say from first to six, I have no clue. Because you got Bell, who is really strong, especially he's got like New Hampshire, and I think he could be really fast at the road courses. And then you got Truex, who's been so good, so strong lately. Harvick. He's just been chugging along. If they found a little speed, then he could honestly contend for the championship. Because if you look at his year last year in the summer, he won Richmond and Michigan. That's a lot of points. Byron, I would say, is probably the favorite. He's just in the top three every single week. Blaney, just coming off a Coke 600 win, got a ton of good tracks for him. And then Chastain struggled a little bit at the Coke 600. But I would expect him to rebound and still be one of the best guys week in and week out and we kind of got a little lucky with this super tight points battle because Byron is four points out and you got to remember he got a 60 point penalty so that would put him 56 points ahead of the cutoff if he hadn't gotten that penalty so we wouldn't be having this conversation there would still be a really tight battle from first to I don't know 10th or whatever but that would just be for a second. Byron would pretty much be running away away with it right now if he hadn't got that penalty. But hey, I mean, 
stuff happens, we'll take it. It's going to just make for a super good battle all the way up to Daytona. I would be surprised if we didn't see it settled in the last race like we did in 2021 with Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson because I think Byron, if he keeps running this strong, he'll probably be the guy to beat. But then you look at Chastain, who could come on strong, and Blaney, I mean, Gateway Blaney could win New Hampshire. I would think he'd be strong there. The road courses even. And if their intermediate package is really as good as it was at the Coke 600, he could honestly be a contender. If I had to put money on who it's going to be, I honestly have no idea. We know how good Byron is right now, but last year he was really good and then out of nowhere fell off. I hope that doesn't happen. I don't think it will, and if it does, it won't be as extreme. And then you got just so many other guys who look like they could just start rattling off wins. All right, so Blaney wins. Byron comes in second. That was actually Byron's first second-place finish in the next-gen car and Blaney's first win in the next-gen car. Truex third, Bubba Wallace, and Tyler Reddick round off the top five. Kyle Busch, Stenhouse, Busher, Dylan, and Zane Smith. So sadly, race got pushed to Monday. It was fine because Monday was Memorial Day. It's not like a normal rained out race where it's like a regular Monday and no one can watch it because they have to work or anything every in everything. Hopefully, it's still got a ton of viewers. I would think it'd be pretty close to what it would have been on Sunday. I'm sure it's going to drop a little bit. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what the ratings are just to see how like a holiday Monday affects it. Maybe it's more. I mean, I have no clue. But no qualifying. This kind of happens where since they don't qualify, you don't know who's got what and the the drivers and the teams don't even know what they have. So you got guys in the front who have a terrible setup to start, and they start dropping. Then you got a guy in the back who's super strong and starts blowing by cars. We saw that with Truex and Bell. And then, I don't know, I think Logano might have started close to the front. He started dropping. I think Elliott started close to the front. He dropped a ton. So that's always fun when qualifying and practice does get rained out, and it really helps the race be action-packed from start to finish because sometimes at the start they go you get a you get a couple guys moving up and down but they usually go and settle out pretty quickly and you got just a few battles this made the first stage super fun to watch and that kind of made for the entire coke 600 to be entertaining with a lot of racing throughout the whole thing i personally thought that Bell or Truex was going to get out in front and either exchange the lead or just blow the field away. That's what it was looking like. I mean, Bell was so fast on the long run. He was quick enough on the short run to where if he got the lead, he would have taken off and then he grew that gap. But him and Truex just could not get to the front. I mean, they did a few times and Reddick was up there too. But Byron's pit crew being in the first pit and having one of the best crews they would just skip everybody every pit stop and then that would shake things up it wouldn't give somebody the front row and they would end up having a rough restart because the restarts were huge and it seems like in the next gen car it's more about retaining your spot than it is like blowing by cars because there's five restarts i would say you would take just a neutral position 
because if you go on the inside sometimes you just get swallowed up and since dirty air is so important especially on the restart you get a slow car in front of you i mean you drop so quick and you have to work so hard to get those spots back so it's definitely harder to gain spots on a restart than it is to lose them so i think that's why byron was able to stay up front all day and why you saw guys like bell and truex look so strong but then they lost some positions in the pits and dropped way back see i really don't think we ever got to see how strong bell or truex was because they just never got the track position they needed and when they did they did they were able to lead the race but they just kept having issues i mean bell went from the back to the top 10 probably three different times same with truex and bell eventually killed his car truex would he finish third he still had a good run i do think at the end blaney was the best car because he was fast on the short runs and then eventually when the sun went down he was just flying and no one could contend with him byron really i never thought had was gonna win unless he had a short run at the end i really think the only person close to blaney there at the end was reddick and he couldn't even he was pushing so hard to try to get the lead and just couldn't do it and Blaney was just holding a steady wheel. Obviously, we saw Reddick smoking the wall and everything like that. And Blaney was really the only Ford that was up there. I mean, Keselowski was fast, but there's no way Keselowski was going to get out and lead laps like Blaney did. I just, I don't think he was going to, and then he killed his car. SHR was terrible. Even Harvick, I'm assuming they had something in their car to start that they were just trying they were just throwing something at it and because he he pitted they probably set the car back to what they know which isn't a race winning car but probably the best that they got obviously they're trying things but in Childers and Harvick are in a class of their own when it compares to the rest of SHR so they were able to run okay the rest of them were just terrible and they kind of got good finishes based off of attrition. Blaney's teammates really were not that strong. I mean, Logano we saw in second, it looked like he was going to take the lead, and next thing you know, I see him, he's like in 11th or 12th. So Blaney was an oddball forward to run that good. It was weird. I'm curious to see how this translates in our next intermediate. I mean, Gateway considered an intermediate, but it's completely different. I would say Nashville, Pocono track like that that's going to be telling because there's a lot of intermediates in the playoffs so this is important if they do end up having this speed Blaney could really be strong and tough to beat I think Hamlin had about a sixth and seventh place car him so there was those three to four cars that were out front in the beginning Byron Blaney I think Reddick was in there and then you had Kyle Busch Keselowski and Hamlin who were kind of the B tier behind them and the way Hamlin is and the way his how fast his teammates were, I think he would have had a shot. I think they would have worked on his car, gotten it a little faster. He's really good at putting a race together. And then, of course, Elliot hooked him down the dog leg. I mean, it's just drivers like pet peeve is being ran into the wall and being squeezed. They just hate it. I We saw it with Bubba, same exact thing. Elliot gets pushed into the wall turns left takes him out i think this is just a mix of things i think elliot's been struggling lately compared to how good he was last year and he was probably frustrated already struggling in traffic not running good his teammates are out leading all the laps in every race 
and then he gets put in the fence just to make matters worse. And just like Bub, I think the car would have been fine. And you survive in the Coke 600, you can easily get a top 10, or at least have a shot at getting a top 10. But he didn't hesitate, he just turned left, didn't even try to do it cleanly, took both of them out. Obviously he's suspended when I'm recording this. And what's big about this is there was a tiny chance he could have pointed his way in. I mean, maybe not even tiny. If he ran as good as he did through the summer as he did last year, he probably could do it. He won Pocono. He ran, what, second at Watkins Glen? I'm not sure where he finished. He was going to win that race. He won Nashville. Um, he almost won New Hampshire. I'm trying to think. He came in second, I think, at Road America. Almost won that race. Ran good at Gateway. Where Atlanta he won. Which, he won these races, so he can still win his way in. But let's say he runs second in all of them. Now, he lost all the points from the Coke 600. Could have been up to 40, 50. Depending on, I mean, probably not. Let's just say 25. So, 25 from the Coke 600. Um... He's not racing next week, which is a whole race. We'll say, I don't know, another 35, 25, or just 25. We'll just say 55 points. That's how many he's losing. Up probably minimum 55 points. So he's just putting himself in a way bigger hole. He just threw away two races completely. So he's pretty much in a must-win situation, and he lost two chances to win the Coke 600 and Gateway. I I honestly I don't know if he's gonna win. I you would think he'd get a couple chances, but then again, his teammates are so strong that he's gonna have to beat them. And right now, he's not doing that, so I don't know. If I had to guess, I think I would lean more towards that he's going to win, just because how good the Hendrick cars are, and he has he still has a lot of. I mean, he still has a little less than half the regular season to do it and he won three races in this time last year like we just talked about so i i think he'll pull it off and make the playoffs but he's not gonna have a lot of playoff points to fall back on really he's not gonna have that those 15 points that he scored last year by winning the regular season championship he's missing chances to win stages win races so if he's only got five to seven playoff points Going into the playoffs, he's good at managing races. I think he'll be able to make it through the first round and probably the second. He's got the Roval. But then going into the third round, that's when he's going to have trouble. So this is going to hurt him for the rest of the season. And it's going to take way more to make it to the Final Four than it would have if he hadn't done this. He was already in a huge hole, so it probably would have taken a ton of work to even make it in the first place. This just hurts even more. So that's my take on that. Just, I mean, I'm not going to act like I've been in the situation and know what I would have done and basically be a hypocrite. But I just think that when stuff starts to go wrong for him, he's he kind of makes it even worse especially it seems like when his teammates are running good which you can't blame him like when your teammates are have won five races and you were hurt and not running and now you're back and you still aren't contending with them then you're gonna uh be pretty frustrated so i think that it just stacks up and you look at the biggest incidents he's had like the harvick thing 
Auto Club last year, it's amidst like his teammates running super good. So I think when that happens, he's like susceptible to doing this. And it usually just makes matters worse. But he's also can be the opposite and just put his head down and grind out good races and get wins. So we'll see what happens when he comes back. All right, back to the Coke 600. Larson, I expected to be a lot better. He just never had the speed that he had last year and that he's had recently. And I really thought they would even figure it out. But he, by the time they got the car pretty good, he spun it out, pushing it so hard because it wasn't good enough to win. And it was kind of just a first or fence thing. Like he, he wasn't going to take a top five. He really wanted to win, ended up wrecking the car. Kyle Busch was strong. He got up to second at one point, almost contended for the lead. Couldn't, didn't have anything for Blaney. He was probably a set third to sixth place car all day. He finished sixth. I was, I'd say they'd take that. They just got a little bit of work to do. Ty Gibbs, another really good run. He's been putting together good runs. He just hasn't been able to get out and lead laps. So he's building towards that. I think it'll come where he's running in the top three here and there by the end of the season and maybe contending for a win ended up getting taken out also that sucks for him and then Chastain just non-existent and you could say that Justin Marks is pulling the reins back like what he said last last week but Suarez wasn't that fast either so it was just track how struggled that's all I think it was and maybe Chastain raced a little more carefully and that hurt him I do think he races best when he's racing like a maniac and it's coming at the expense of other people even himself I do think that's when he runs up front though so if he could just get right on the edge of that then that then I think he can have the finishes he has he's just not cleaning people out we'll see how he rebounds back and then 2311 is super strong right now. They're right in there with the JGR cars. Probably just as good as them. And they've, they're have they really the only ones that can contend with JGR and HMS. Obviously Blaney proved he can too. But 2311 is kind of in that group with RCR and Trackhouse where they're mixed in with the super good teams. We'll go over some 2311 stats later because... I want to put into perspective how good of a last month they've been having. So yeah, it was a classic Coke 600. Usually at this time, after the break, we're going to really see, I think, some teams assert themselves as the fastest cars every week. I think someone's going to get up to five wins, maybe six before the playoffs. So... We'll see who it is, and some teams fall off and start to struggle and go into a summer slump. You saw it with Kyle Busch and Ross Chastain last year. They both just completely fell apart after being up there with Elliot, and Elliot just took off. All right, that's that. We're going to move on to the first defense move of the race. Race takes everything like that. All right, the first defense move of the race is going to go to Kyle Busch and just his entire race this week. He had an insane one. I mean, he spun back up for down the straightaway, trying to find a flat spot, I think. Next thing you know, he's in second because of the team played his strategy, contending for the win. Never had the car to get up there and lead laps, but definitely was fun to watch. Was hanging on for a top five at the end, racing hard. 
I'm not sure if Stenhouse was mad and trying to turn him because they were just racing each other hard, and I think Stenhouse got in the wall a little bit. But Stenhouse almost hooked him through the grass, and he ended up going through that red turf area that's kind of part of the Roval chicane, and he, like, hopped the curb, and his car was sparking. He barely held onto it. Didn't lose any spots. Ended up getting back around Stenhouse and finishing sixth. So he gets the first offense move of the race. Blaney ran a great race. Ran top three all day. Pretty uneventful though and he just finished it off cleanly. So that's why I gave it to Bush. But I could have also given it to Reddick because he went through the grass too. But no one really had as uneventful of a race as Bush did and came back to finish sixth. Alright, the underdog of the race goes to Zane Smith. He finished top 10. That's his best finish of his career in the Cup Series. He's only got a few starts in the Cup car, but he's clearly proven that he's a good driver and probably ready for Cup. So I think he'll be in a Cup car next year. I don't know with which team. I think maybe Stuart Haas. I think he would have to be bought out of his contract. So maybe Stuart Haas does that. I don't know which car he would take, though. Everyone's saying Josh Berry is going to the four. So maybe Almirola's done after this year. And Zane Smith is going to go in that car. I think that would be good for Stuart Haas. They're in a rough spot right now. But if they could get Zane Smith and Josh Berry, I think that'd definitely help them. But maybe he stays at front row. I don't know. A long shot would be that if Truex retires, he ends up in the 19. But that's far from happening right now I'm sure Truex might even run another year but in the meantime Zane Smith is running really strong doing good in the truck series and now he's got his first top 10 in the cup series all right now it's time for race takes see what you guys thought of the coke 600 one thing I do want to say before we get into the race takes is I put a poll up for how many cokes everyone was going to be drinking during the coke 600 and the results are pretty alarming. Um, <laughs> the average answer is five with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine people saying they were gonna drink nine plus Cokes during the Coke six hundred. That's at least to a stage so I don't know what the you guys drinking 19 cokes a day or something but hey I mean it's the coke 600 might as well all right time for race takes let's see what we got we got a bunch here so first one we got Elliot should be penalized yeah he already was in the time of recording this exciting race Elliot gets a one week vacation pretty much it was on purpose this is referring to the Elliot move definitely I think the fact that it left tire tracks that much when he turned is the telltale sign that it was on purpose because if the toe link broke, it would never turn that sharp. If it happened on Sunday, it would have been better. Yep, definitely would have preferred it on Sunday, but at least it was on Memorial Day. Elliot gets a lot of hate for being NASCAR's golden boy. Like, what is Elliot supposed to do? Yeah, I think being the most popular driver is why this happens and also because NASCAR promotes him so much as the popular driver that people get annoyed at how much attention he gets in the pool room and everything especially people who don't like him and he's pretty quiet so anytime something happens even when he's running good everyone gets mad or when he gets away with something 
for example, the Roval a couple years ago when his rear bumper was flying off and they didn't black flag him, make him clean it up. So I think just because he's the most popular driver, there's like a spotlight on him. And every time something happens, everyone's quick to say he's the golden boy in NASCAR or loves him, all this stuff. They also say, why are Larson and Byron so much faster than Elliott at the beginning of races? I mean, I, I think it's through the whole race because Elliott has good finishes, but he never, I mean, he, he'll run good at the end. I don't know if that's because they got the car or better or strategy. I just think Larson and Byron have been racing more races this year because they weren't hurt. And Elliott started strong. He finished second at Auto Club. But Larson and Byron are just in a spot right now where they're just a little bit better than him, which could change at any point. He's just, I guess, in a little bit of a slump. And this definitely isn't going to help. But hopefully he bounces back and can start running a little bit better. All right, Chase stood up for himself. Been wrecked by too many people before. Um, I don't know if you could call that standing up for yourself. I would call it standing up for himself maybe if he pushed Hamlin up the track or doored him. I mean, if you call it sticking up for himself, you could kind of compare this to the Ross Chastain, Noah Gregson thing when Chastain punched Gregson to get him away from him. Elliot taking out Hamlin would be like Chastain punching Gregson in the face and then punching himself. <laughs> punching himself in the face because last time I checked when you stick up for yourself he doesn't come at the expense of you also so he did more harm than he did good and Hamlin isn't gonna it just made Hamlin more mad he's probably gonna pay him back at some point move him out of the way if he has a chance to win a race the last one says Elliot is a child and Hamlin would definitely agree with this because he was just going off on his podcast saying that he's Always throwing temper tantrums when things don't go his way. Bunch of stuff like that. He also said that only some of Elliot's fans are sane. He, I guarantee he is going to get booed louder than he has in a while when that clip starts going around and spreading. And he knows it too because why would he try to reason with people that he thinks are insane? Meaning the Chase Elliott fans. He, he just figures he can, he'll can he lose no matter what, so he's just going to say whatever he wants on his podcast. And now they're all going to see that and go nuts. All right, now we got some stats that I came up with. First, we got 23-11 in May. So they've had 10 starts, four races. I am counting the all-star race in this. They had six top fives, so that would be 60% of the races in May. They're running top five. Eight top tens, 80% of the races they're running in the top 10. Their average finish is 7.3 with Bubble Wallace's being 5.4 and Tyler Reddick's being 9.2. They haven't led too many laps, but they Bubba went up six positions in the point standings. He went from 21st to 15th, and then Reddick went down one in 7th. So he basically maintained. But they're running super strong. I think Byron and one other driver are the only two with a better average finish than Bubba. He's third in the month of May when it comes to average finish. Both of those guys might have a win coming. I think Reddick's going to be the favorite at Sonoma for sure. He'll have a shot to win that one. But they're definitely fast right now. All right, then we got the top five drivers if you rank them by crown jewel wins. All right, so Blaney just got his first one. He hasn't won a single one before this, Coke 600. Which, I mean, you win one, that's already a big, big star on your resume or your career. 
and then if you rank them by top five, the fifth driver has three, and then it goes to two after that, and that's Brad Keselowski. He's got a Coke 600, Brickyard 400, and a Southern 500, and he is one of the only active drivers right now that can hit the Grand Slam because he won the Brickyard, which isn't a thing anymore. It is coming back, but he could win the Daytona 500, and he would have all four. Truex has three. He doesn't have a Brickyard win. He does have two Coke 600s in a Southern 500 win. No Daytona 500. Kyle Busch doesn't have a Daytona 500, so he can also win the Grand Slam. He has a Coke 600, two Brickyard 400s, and a Southern 500. Then we got Hamlin. He cannot win the Grand Slam just yet. He may be able to next year if they bring the Oval back. Three Daytona 500s, just won his Coke 600 last year, and then he's got three Southern 500s, so he's got a total of seven. These two of the top five, the top two, sorry, should actually make sense, though, because they're so good at putting races together. And the first one is Harvick. He's got eight. He's got a Daytona 500, two Coke 600s, three Brickyard 400s, and two Southern 500s. So these races just play into Harvick's hands perfectly. He loves races like this. And I don't know, would you say that the Bristol Night Race should be a crown jewel? I think I consider it maybe just below a crown jewel. It's such a hard race to win, but I don't know. It's just a little bit less prestigious than the other ones. But at the same time, you never get an upset winner 500 miles around Bristol. You got to survive, have a good car all race long and be there at the end and probably have little to no mistakes because you can get go down a lap so easy so it's a tough one to win especially nowadays because it's a playoff cutoff race so it just makes it more intense all right that's that for nas facts those were my own this week usually i get them from trey ryan but i came up with my own i post them on instagram too but anyways there's a few more things i want to cover i wasn't able to watch the truck race Ben Rhodes gets his first win of the year. The Xfinity race, I wasn't able to watch either, so it was so late. But Al Geyer stretches his fuel. I think he had plenty. Won that race. JRM finally gets a win. Took them almost halfway through the season to get it done. Justin Haley got the record for the most miles ran in a single day. Gibbs almost got it. I think Bush, if he had ran the the whole Xfinity race, he probably would have gotten it because he probably would have finished on the lead lap in both races. He would have completed both, I th- unless he wrecked out of the Xfinity race, but he ran good in the cup race. So I, I, he loves records like that. I bet he kind of wishes he did it. Another thing, Corey LaJoy is getting his big break. He's got that HMS power this week at Gateway. That's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm sure he's going to have a car as good as everyone else. But it's a new team. You can't expect him to go out there and just win. But if he goes out there and puts down super fast laps in practice, I mean, he should qualify in the top 10. Probably run in the top 10 at some point. He's going to have a good pit crew to keep him in good track position. I think, I mean, 6th to 10th, I think, is what he would want to run minimum. Maybe 11th or 12th. A bad day if he's running like 15th to 20th. That's not going to be good. We'll see. I think he can do it. He thinks he can do it. It's his big chance. I mean, he's in the nine car. It's going to be interesting and definitely something to watch. I just hope he doesn't get wrecked out or anything like that. All right, so the trucks practice at 6 o'clock on Friday. They qualify at 6.30 on Friday, and then they race Saturday at 1.30, and they are at Gateway. 
The Xfinity is in Portland at the road course. They practice and qualify at 11.30 and 12 Saturday. They race at 4.30. No cup guys are going to be in that race, and the cup guys always win the road courses in the Xfinity series. To put this into perspective, I'm pretty sure the race winner of the previous road courses since 2021 is not going to be in the road course this weekend. And I just checked all of 2022, all of 2021, and all of 2023. That means Dinger, Kyle Busch, Ty Gibbs, um, maybe Larson won one. All those guys that won the past like 15 road courses aren't even going to be running. So we're going to see who is good on road courses that isn't a Cup Series driver now because Dinger, Gibbs, all those guys are in Cup. I think it could be Austin Hill. He's good on road courses, maybe Chandler Smith. I'll talk about my pick later, but I'm actually really happy that there's no cup guys in it because I do like when there's cup guys, but I'd rather have her, have it be Dinger, Gibbs, Larson, and Byron. I'd rather have it be stacked so those guys battle it out, but on the other hand, now that there's no cup guys, I, I'm going to want to see which Xfinity driver is really strong on the road course when there's no cup guys in there. Okay, now for cup. Cup practice and qualifying is 10 o'clock and 10.45 Saturday, and they race Sunday at 3.30. All right, race picks. Cup, I was either going to go Martin Truex Jr. or Ryan Blaney. I'm going Truex. He was maybe the fastest car late here last year. He had a pit issue, and he still rallied back and finished strong. Truck race, I'm going Zane Smith. Corey Heim won it last year. I'm sure he's going to be the favorite. But I think Zane, coming off his cup top 10, he's going to pull off a win. And then Xfinity Series, I'm going to go with Austin Hill. I think he's probably the favorite, I would say, maybe. Sheldon Creed was good at Road Circuit of the Americas. And I think there's some other strong guys, maybe Chandler Smith. I don't know about the JRM guys. Maybe John Hunter Nemechek, he would probably be the favorite over Austin Hill slightly just because of his car. But that's who I'm going with. Back to the truck and cup race. Gateway's a weird track because it's considered an intermediate. It's about the same size as Darlington. But the turns are super flat. It's more comparable to Richmond in the turns. I would say with the banking at least. I, I have no idea. It's such a unique one. But they also load it up with the resin. So it's pretty wide. I honestly think this is an oddball one. I would think maybe the guys who are strong at Phoenix are strong here. Of course, the Hendrick cars. We'll see Blaney. I mean, Blaney and Truex are really good at Phoenix, and they were super good here last year, and they ended their winless streak. So they, I really think both those guys could be strong in these next few months, going into the playoffs especially. But I'm really looking forward to this one. We'll see what happens. I saw a battle last year between Logano and Bush, and we saw... Chastain and Hamlin going after I expect to see some similar things like that it's pretty tight racing but hopefully we keep this momentum we got from the coke 600 in just the month of May in general been super good races lately nothing to complain about other than the all-star race which was still pretty good event and then we got Sonoma which the road courses the Cir circuit of the Americas was a good race so I think Sonoma should be good then we got an off season, I mean an off week, and it switches to NBC. I really like the months after the off week, just because there's a lot of unique fun tracks. Pocono I really like in Nashville, and then the playoff start. I watched the Indy 500, that was such a good race. I'm looking forward to watching Larson next year. 
I think the Indy 500 is probably one of the best races I've watched this year. That that was insane. I mean, they NASCAR'd it up at the end, too, with the last lap, green flag, green, white, checkered. So we got to see a battle. I think everyone knew the guy in second was in the best spot. But Erickson did hold, he had a great restart and held them off. And then Newgarden just made a good move. move. And going into the stands after, that was super cool. And then Penske wins the Coke 600 and the Indy 500. That's insane. Roger Penske has so many trophies. Daytona 500s, Coke 600s, Indy 500s, championships. He's got a huge collection of trophies 19 indy 500s that's insane but yeah indy car i'm probably gonna watch the next one now just because that one was so good and i hope i would love to see new garden do the daytona 500 too and since larson's doing the indy 500 i think that'd be cool all right i think that's gonna do it for this episode first surfence story if you haven't listened already it's my podcast i'm my other podcast i'm moving to mooresville in two weeks now less than that to be in NASCAR land. Um, the latest episode I was talking about how my I'm going to be neighbors with seven cup championships. Not saying who's or not who's. Which driver or driver's trophies those are. You'll have to check out the latest episode to find out. But it's going to be fun talking all about that. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the First Friends Audio installment though. And... I hope you also enjoyed the Coke 600. Thank you for listening. I'll see you guys next week after Gateway. Have a good week. Peace.